This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Welcome back, listeners. Mo and McGee on Fantasy. I am raspy from cheering on my Panthers to a heartbreaking loss and then following that up with two episodes this week, bringing you the third. I'm hoping I make it through. Logan, what do we have for him uh, today? This is, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the, the strategy episode, but I I do love the primer. We got our flexible flex plays. We're going to ask some questions. This is maybe the first couple weeks are, are great for the question time segment because we're going to tell you, we're going to potentially give away some nuggets of guys who uh, you can use for the rest of the season. Then, Kevin, we got our, our write that down, our bets segment which um, I believe you won last year. I haven't paid you for that, so screw you about that. But um, you know, maybe I'll I'll pony up so I, so I can get the payout this year. We'll just do double or nothing. <laughs> okay. Only fair. No thanks. <laughs> uh, so Kevin, let's start out with our flexible flex plays. These are guys that are going to be available on waivers. However, um, week one's usually you're not in a desperate situation, but if you are, you could put one of these guys in and have a passable flex weekend. We both gave out some good ones last year, both had really good weeks. We also had some bad stuff as well. Yeah, um, so I'm going to go with Matt Breida for my first flexible flex play. Obviously, like Logan said, you're probably not scrapping that hard at running back this early in the season, but if you went zero RB and totally struck out, or if you're in a dynasty league and you're just a hurting unit, um, I do like Matt Breida facing the Carolina Panthers. Um, he did take some work from Saquon Barkley, uh, just a tiny bit. Saquon still absolutely blew up. Um, but... Only one target in week one. I expect that to go up. Carolina absolutely bled against the Browns in the run. I expect that to continue. There's a chance that uh, the the Giants are um, nursing a nice little 20-point lead at some point in this game, and you see Matt Breida in there, and they're saving Saquon. Um, So if you're absolutely desperate in a cutthroat league with no other options, I do like Matt Breida. Matt Breida is... Uh, I believe we talked about this in our first episode, but he's one of those guys that is one person away from a big role. Um, And so you can get him and potentially use him, like Kevin said this week, and he's that handcuff to Saquon that you should be using because Saquon had an explosive day. Matt Breida has been successful being the lead dog, you know, in the not-so-far past. So um, he's a guy who I'm interested in is not just a flexible flex play this week, but a potentially um, good keeper, you know, hold guy. And my other flexible flex play for this week is Greg Dortch, which who does he play for? Who even is that guy? <laughs> the um, Dortchmeister. <laughs> Greg Dortch uh, plays for the Arizona Cardinals. He saw nine targets in week one, um, put up decent numbers on those nine targets. Um. But I, I think he is the, the replacement for DeAndre Hopkins until he comes back. Um, we sh- should see a fairly high-scoring um, matchup. Arizona facing against uh, or going up against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders 
Should be a lot of points out there. Could be a little bit of a shootout. Greg Dorch is going to be a, a uh, red zone threat. Could snipe a, a nice little touchdown in. Week one, he had nine targets. Could have uh, enough work outside of a touchdown to uh, preserve a week. I do like uh, playing him in, uh, you know, if you have three flexes or uh, a very deep league, sub him in. And I definitely think that he's worth rostering um, for at least the next five weeks. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say, if you're a Rondale Moore drafter, owner, you should be incredibly happy about what is happening with Greg Dorch. It's a, it's a nice story, you know, Dorch coming out of nowhere. But that's the Rondale Moore role, and he's going to be more explosive with it. So uh, I am, you know, if if someone's selling Rondale Moore because he's injured, they need a player, I am buying because you're right. Greg Dorch has a really nice role right now, but that's Rondale's in a few weeks. So use Dorch while you can. Yeah, yep. And, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, not quite perfect overlap. I, I think there were plans to use Rondale Moore, you know, in the backfield. So you'll see Dorch and Rondo more on the field at the same time as as well. Um, so I'm not totally fading Dorch if, if Rondell's inactive. Um, but yes, that does temper expectations a, a little bit if if Rondell is active. Yeah. He's he's not probably the season long keeper, especially when Hopkins comes back week oh, six like not. like Matt Breida, but you're right. He can have a couple usable weeks here as Rondell's coming back and no Hopkins. Kevin, I'm gonna go with a guy who Talk about post-hype sleeper, Paris Campbell. Um, Paris Campbell this week, the Colts are visiting the Jaguars. And usually this is a week where you'd say, T.Y. Hilton against the Jaguars? Hell yeah. (laughs) All day. Paris Campbell is the new T.Y. Hilton, I think. A guy who can take any catch, be explosive with it. He had four targets, three catches in week one. Michael Pittman dominated the target share, 13 targets, I think don't think that's going to happen again. Um, you know, he might be around 10-ish most weeks, Pittman. But I'm going to say that after the week one showing, a little more attention gets paid. You're going to have to rely on some other guys. I think Paris Campbell is a person who can help you out this week and be explosive if you're looking for wide wide receiver help. Yeah, um, also a 77% snap share. That's ahead of Alec Pierce and Ashton Doolin. Um Ashton Doolin had 35% of the snaps. I expect that to go down in the future. Um, I, I also like um, Paris Campbell here. High draft capital, yes, a slightly different regime, but um, they, they, they're going to want to see what they have. And no better no better week to try out your, uh, your flashy toy um, than when you face the Jacksonville Mighty Jaguars. That's right, Kevin. Um, not too much dissension here. We'll see where you're going uh, with this pick. I, you, you might be disgusted with it. Who knows? But I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst. Uh, don't think anybody drafted him. He's going to be free on your waiver wire. If you're a person who needs a tight end, I really do think Hayden Hurst has a has a season-long top 10 tight end upside to him. Eight targets week one. I know Joe Burrow threw Way too much. They do not want him throwing that much. However, you know, Zach Taylor's not afraid of it either. Um, so they're going to be throwing the ball. Jamar Chase, 16 targets. Got to believe that goes down. Um, but T. Higgins, gone now. They're going to be looking for the third pass catcher with Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. I think Hayden Hurst is that guy 
eight targets, five catches, 46 yards. Um, you know, 15, 15% target share for a tight end is pretty juicy. Yeah, you think back to last year, C.J. Ozuma was a hot commodity at, at one point, and I think Hayden Hurst is a better talent. Um, 75% snap share, that's probably where he's going to set the rest of the season, um, but that's very solid for a tight end. Um, I, I would take that, um, especially for a receiving tight end like Hayden Hurst. Yeah, they they let C.J. Uzuma walk out of the building, and C.J. Uzuma is running behind Tyler Conklin and <laughs> for the New York Jets. So if Uzuma can do something with this role, I think Hayden Hurst, um, who on he kind of ran into a couple of unfortunate situations. Baltimore was in the same draft class as Mark Andrews, who's a superstar. Um, and then he went to Atlanta. They drafted Kyle Pitts, who's a superstar. So a couple of unfortunate situations. But he now finds himself in a good one. And I think he can be, um, you know, not necessarily a flex play, but <clears throat> if you're looking for a tight end, um, I think he'll be usable. And hell, if you're in a league that starts three flexes, two flexes, he, I think, will provide some usage this week. Completely agree. Against the Cowboys, who looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that game might, be, might turn into ground and pound pretty quickly um if cincinnati hops out to a a a little bit of a lead but good news for um if you're betting on that tight end they're going to be on the field in in a lot of those sets so you'll be potentially open off a play action so i i I like that matchup um yeah kevin and and rest of season did i just hear whispers of samaje pirine having flex value potentially in this game whispers hey shh yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it. Um, let's go to question time. Monday Night Football showed off a couple of explosive receivers for the Denver Broncos. Corlin Sutton had a nice game. Jerry Judy had a nice game. But who are you higher on for the rest of the season? Who do you think is going to finish with the most points? This is a terrible question for me because I have been. This is the one question that you probably could have given me that I've flipped back and forth probably daily for the last six or seven weeks me too that's why i want you to answer it for me i want to believe in jerry judy i think he's an elite separator in fact uh at 2.5 yards per route i think yeah 2.5 yards per route um he had the best separation out of anybody last year um in 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 his draft class but Cortland sutton has what seems to be the Russell Wilson connection. Um, Bible buddies, um, the Bible narrative. I think Cortland Sutton fits the DK Metcalf role a little bit better, being a little bit bigger of a receiver. I was just going to say that, Kevin. Nice job. I I feel forced to go Sutton, but man, my my heart says Judy. Um, So to answer your question, I'm going to go with my brain, which I usually try to do and say Cortland Sutton, but very reluctantly. Yeah. And we saw that Russell Wilson can support an end of season ranking where Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy will both be high. But I think Jerry Judy is going to be more of the Tyler Lockett deep shots where one week he'll have his four catches, but they will, will be short short yardage he won't have that one explosive play that's going to make him up Corlin Sutton seems to be more in the DK Metcalf role where every catch is 15 20 yards 
Um, Russell Wilson continually looked at him for pass interference plays as well, just throwing the ball up and letting someone tackle Cortland Sutton. He's going to come up with some of those. Um, and you're right, you know, last night, um, my gosh, Russell Wilson, just the cringe factory. He, <laughs> his postgame presser, he's just like, yeah, I don't care. They can boo me. They can love me. I play for God. <laughs> Arena of one. That's who I play for. And so, you know, if Corlin Sons with that vibe, you know, it could be a, another Stafford yeah. Cup breakfast club situation. Southern Methodist University. <laughs> Can't get away from it. Um, so I, I will caveat all this with next season, I'm going to be more in on Jerry Judy. And here's why. The Tim Patrick injury actually hurt Jerry Judy. Because it forced KJ Hamler into that third wide receiver slot, um, who is the who is more of a slot receiver, and forced Jerry Judy a little bit more to the outside. When Tim Patrick is back next year, um, assuming all three of these guys are still on the same team, um, I expect Sutton and Patrick to be on the outside and Jerry Judy to work the slot where I like him a, a, a lot more. Um, so I like Sutton this season, but next season give me Judy. All right, I, yeah, I tend to agree. All right, Logan, who finishes higher for uh, your your uh, favorite team to hate, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? We saw A.J. Dillon get out to a little bit of a lead um, in week one. So including week one, who finishes higher, Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon? Um, I don't have whatever greasy website you're using. What was the snap percentage? Um, let me click over to running backs here. Dylan had 51% snap share, and Aaron Jones had a 61% snap share. Okay, so they, they did share the field quite a bit. Um, I was in the stadium, in U.S. Bank Stadium. I'm going, you you tried to go brain over heart. I'm going with the eye test, Kevin. <laughs> and the eye test says A.J. Dillon is a budding superstar. Um, huge nimble fast um he was taking swing passes running over someone and then running by someone in u.s bank stadium uh aaron jones is going to get his he's a good player um i think aj Dillon is kind of a different breed of player where he's bigger and can catch um six targets week one for aj Dillon. uh i i'm all over aj Dillon. i think he's gonna have the the goal line work for the most part and I think we saw the, you know, willingness to have A.J. Dillon on the field with Aaron Jones. Um, you know, I, I have long stayed away from Aaron Jones after I took him because it seems like no one wants to play him. Um, he, he continually has to get tried off the field for another back. And in this case, I think it's a more talented back in A.J. Dillon. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree with you here. The other thing that I think swings it is a lot of tread on those tires for Aaron Jones. We've already seen him miss some time. He's now in his uh, seventh year in the league, or sixth year, I'm sorry. Um, already seen him miss some time. Could see him miss some time again. Splitting with some work might help with that, but um, like like you said, A.J. Dillon just seems like a different breed. Much fewer uh, career carries um, to worry about kind of busting him down. Uh, the only way I see Aaron Jones salvaging, you know, a, a higher finish than A.J. Dillon is if he has 
some of those uh, weeks that we saw last year where he had like three receiving touchdowns in a game or um, a, a ton of those dink and dunks that uh, little screen plays that he's able to turn into 25 yards. It's the only way I see it happening. I feel much more confident about A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon is very, very safe. And a 51-61% split, or not split, but target share uh, between the two, I think bodes very, very well for A.J. Dillon owners. Um, I want to ask you a question real quick about A.J. Dillon. What would what would it take to pry A.J. Dillon out of your hands if you're a, if you're a Dillon owner? Oh, man. It would probably take a locked and loaded top 15 running back. Um, Similar so, wide receiver, too, probably. Yeah, I'd maybe. I'd if you were deep go, at running back. Yeah, if I was deep at running back, I'd probably even go to wide receiver 20, just because wide receivers do score more points on average. Um, but that's only if I can afford to lose a running back. Um, chances are, if you drafted AJ Dillon, you might have two guys ahead of him already. I I wouldn't really give him up. Um, if I only had two, if I had three ahead of him, that that's when I would make the move and try to get uh, hit the gold mine on a wide receiver. Absolutely. All right, Kevin, I got another one here for you. Two guys who struggled week one. Um, who do you think is going to finish higher the rest of the season? Terry McLaurin, Darnell Mooney. I'm going Darnell Mooney. Um, that is. Whoa, that was. Ah, yep. Quick. Right there. Real quick. Um, the commanders spread the ball around quite a bit. And I think in a, a perfect Ron Rivera scenario, they're running the ball 35 times in a game. Um, and when you're spreading the the work around pretty evenly in the passing game. Um, I, I think it's downhill from there. Darnell Mooney played week one in an absolute monsoon. Hurricane Chicago. Um, I their, their defense isn't that good. They're going to be trailing a lot. They're going to need to take shots. And Darnell Mooney will capitalize on some of those shots. Terry McLaurin, I'm not sure you could say the same um, for him. I the path the path to Terry McLaurin finishing very high in fantasy is if he gets hyper targeted, which in week one was not the case. I don't think that's going to be Carson Wentz's mo. It never seemed to be his mo. Granted, he's never played with a receiver like Terry McLaurin, but I I think Carson Wentz wants to spread it around a little bit. Give me Darnell Mooney, Darnell Mooney rest of the season. So is part of that that um, Chris Samuel kind of scares you off maybe? Potentially usurping Terry McLaurin's role as the as the guy out there. Um, less so one guy taking over and more, you know, your Logan Thomas coming back, Jahan Dotson really coming into his own already in Week One, who I was so high on and still didn't manage to get in any of my drafts. <laughs> oh my God, what a mistake! Um, yeah, I, I'm more concerned about the collection of little pieces more than one guy really usurping um as the top target i think mclaurin's probably the top target but it's just depleted so much with uh what once the style of play 
Yeah, I, I you know I'm I we were both big McLaurin guys going into the season, but you're right. Um, you know, once locking into him is the only way that he's going to have massive value. Um, Mooney, I think, is also going to get locked in in, in Chicago. Um, better days ahead. Fields look better. I'm not going to say he's good, um, but he looked better. Um, I, I think it's a lot closer, um, but, you know, I probably would tend to put, like, I don't know, Mooney 19, McLaurin 20 or something like that if I had to rank them. I mean, the Bears completed fewer than 10 passes. They're not going to win a single game doing that again. Um, uh, for me, that's that's the diagnosis for why he had a poor week. Not that he's poor in talent or poor in uh, in usage. Different story for McLaurin, though. <laughs> okay. Final question of question time. We saw four of the top five wide receivers all absolutely hit. Blow up weeks. Amazing. I don't think that's ever happened where, you know, four of the top five have been absolutely locked up. Uh, lights out. But how do you rank them after week one? JJ, Cooper Krupp, Devontae Adams, and Jamar Chase. Inside joke, uh, Cooper <laughs> Krupp. Um, yeah. So you're pulling on my heartstrings here because um, Cooper Cup was my keeper in our in our big TKD league. Um, so he's been a favorite of mine. He had another amazing game. JJ, of course, huge Vikes fan. He was incredible. Devontae Adams. Looks like he's picking up right where he left off. Jamar Chase, 16 targets. Uh, also missed another touchdown, barely, with a toe tap. Here's how I'm going to go, Kevin. I'm still going to go Cooper Cup number one. Here's why. Justin Jefferson made hay on huge plays. I think he had, you know, I think something like eight yards per route run, which is just insane. Um, however, Adam Thielen will not be targeted only three times. I, I'm sorry. Justin Jefferson's good, really good, potentially the most talented receiver in the league, definitely probably more talented than Cooper Cup, but he was wide open. Um, and a lot of that is he's just that good. A lot of it might be scheme, but where I still have Cooper Cup ahead of him is at some point, Cousins is going to look to Thielen more. He's going to look to K.J. Osborne. I don't really think, and we've seen this now for, what, 20 games? Stafford's not looking off Cooper Cup. He's just not. Not in the red zone, not in the middle of the field, not anywhere. He's locked in. Um, sorry, Allen Robinson owners. That's unfortunate. Did you see how open Allen Robinson was on some of those routes? God He's, damn it, I'm pissed. Stafford's locked in, baby. He's locked into Cup, and that's why I'm going to take him over Jefferson, even though I think it's – this is like a 1A, 1AA situation. Um, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. I'm going to take Chase number three um, just because I believe in Joe Burrow more than I believe in Derek Carr. I believe in – the passing situ- the passing situation that Jamar Chase is in. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, 
once again, this is kind of another JJ situation, like Chase and Adams. Um, I'm going to say that Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are going to ha- be more targeted in weeks, you know, in the weeks to come. Um, 17 targets is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't – he's going to be good. We're, we're, we're splitting hairs, Kevin. These guys are going to be the top four guys at the end of the season. Um, we're just splitting hairs. I, I just like Chase – um, has less competition in the red zone than I think Adams does. So you, you kind of split them up into two tiers there. You know, maybe yeah. it's a 1A and 1B tier. If you have a 1B tier guy in Devonte Adams or Jamar Chase, are you feeling confident enough in that 1A tier that you would try to trade up into that 1A tier? Or are you going to stand pat and not look like an idiot at the end of the season if, if it flips a little bit. Um, I would trade Adams for Cup or Jefferson. Chase gives me pause just because the 16 targets, the multiple red zone looks, um, T. Higgins potentially being out for a few weeks here. Um, you know, I, th- I do think it's two tiers. I think Cup and Jefferson are better than them. I I would be much more comfortable trading Adams for Cup and Jefferson than I would getting you know getting off Chase. So where where, you, where where are I, you? At? Yeah, no, I I would I would probably just stand pat, put my eggs in those baskets and and let it stand. Um, I, I I share some similar concerns with Devonte Adams. He'd be ranked fourth for me. I, honestly, I'd put them in the, the exact same order that you did. Um, yeah, if you told me that I could trade Devontae Adams plus, I don't know, um, who, who's a lower, and Travis Etienne to get Cooper Cup, I probably don't do it, but I think about it. Yeah, I mean, um, for sure. I, I think there is just slight, you could call these guys one one A, B, C, and D. Because um, if you look at the guys beneath them, Diggs, you know, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, there's a clear, clear, huge tear break after those top four guys. If you spent a first-round pick on one of those guys, you're feeling very good. I tend to agree with you. You should just stick where you are. You probably have a nice draft. Um, otherwise, if you took one of those as well, so... I'm with you. Um, all right, Kevin. Another another one, another one of our favorites. Let's get some bets out there. Let's win some people some money. Yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's get some. Uh, write that down out there. Congratulations. Uh, zero losses last week. Good job. All no nice. no bad bets. Congratulations. Um. So my first write that down. Carolina Panthers face the. New York Giants overs at 42 and a half. I I wasn't able to watch the Panthers game, but I I caught the highlights on YouTube and I listened to the almost the entire thing. They got absolutely torched on the ground. The Giants, you know, faced a Titans team that wasn't really great. Yeah, they faced the Titans, right? I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. Um, I I don't think the Titans were were awake for week one. No, I I think uh, we see that over, which is set at 42 and a half. 
be uh, seen as drastically low last week. I'm expecting a 28-28, you know, 28-35 type week um, in, in that matchup. I'm hammering the over at 42.5, way too few points. Well, and that's what people want to clown on Baker Mayfield, but they, uh, you, I mean, you know this, Kevin. Sam Darnold was terrible last year. Um, he could not move that Panthers offense very well. We've got a healthy Christian McCaffrey, healthy Saquon. I have, I, I really do love that over. I mean, 42 and a half, it's just begging to be over. I mean, Carolina scored 24 points and they, I think they had the ball for like 21 minutes. They, they had the lowest, uh, time of possession out of any team last week. They're going to score more than 24 if, if given an extra three minutes. Um, and, you know, their defense is apparently very bad. Even J.C. Horn was horrible. Uh, I, I expect the, the Giants to score a bunch of points. I expect the Panthers to score a bunch of points. Absolutely. So start your Panthers, start your Giants, fire them up. Do what? Um, I, unfortunately, Kevin, and this, this pains me to do, I'm going to take an under. I'm going to do, do the Thursday night football under. Chiefs Chargers is set at 54 and a half, which is massive. That's a huge point total, Kevin. Um, you know, if you see 54 and a half, you know there's going to be some fantasy bonanza. However, Chiefs scored a lot of points on the Cardinals. Cardinals, the Cardinals. Don't, Cardinals don't scare me. Chargers have Joey Bosa, Cleo Mack. Cleo Mack, three sacks last week. I think they're going to get to Patrick Mahomes. I think this might be the week where we see, um, you know, those Chiefs wide receivers get, you know, taken to, to school a little bit. Um I just like the Chargers defense a lot, and I and I think um, this might be one of those games where the Chargers can play a little more ball control, and both teams might be trying to play ball control. Um, you know, we've seen these games in the past go way over. I'm betting week two, uh, you know, early division matchup, it's going to be a slugfest. Yeah, n- no Keenan Allen. There's the possibility that J.C. Jackson is back he was limited today um i also like this under this is the situation where you know if it's not under it's going to be way way over um i I feel pretty comfortable with under there as well 54 and a half is just a lot of points especially given some of those game script um possibilities you were talking about and we can still be, you mean, we can still be at a 28-24 game and, and still hit the under here. So this is just a huge total um, that, oh, wait, no, you can't. Sorry. Math. That was bad math. No, 28-24 um, is 52. Oh, yeah. Good math, Logan. Good nice math. Job. Good job. You know, you know, not being a teacher anymore, the math. Yeah, I was going to say, you, guys, you listeners will be relieved. The, the American youth no longer has to. <laughs> Be That's under true. the tutelage of Logan Moe. And I'm just taking care of America's seniors. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think that's a good under. Where are you betting next, Kevin? Um, I have the Seahawks plus 10 against the 49ers. Yeah, there's a possibility that the 49ers come out um, after an ugly game in Chicago and just try to blow the doors off the Seahawks. But I, I think that's what the Broncos tried to do, and, you know, they did that very unsuccessfully. 10 points is a lot of points. Geno Smith looked pretty good. Um, the Seahawks like to play a style of game that keeps them close. So even if the Seahawks aren't, you know, super competitive, I, I, I feel, still feel confident that they can stay within 10 points. 
Yeah, the the Seahawks are, are kind of reminding me of, um, you know, last year's Patriots team where everyone's like, oh, Tom's gone. See ya. They're going to be bad. Um, they still have they still had Bill Belichick. You know, Russell Wilson leaves up. Seahawks are going to be terrible. Geno Smith, blah, blah, blah. Huh? They still have Pete Carroll, who's a, a good coach. He might be old. They both might be old, but they're going to. Sometimes is a bonehead, but in general, yes, very, very good coach. You, you know, you know a few things about Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. They're going to have strong defensive systems. They're going to have, they're going to run a very similar offense that they've always run. Um, and so, yeah, I like it. Um, you know, it does worry me a little that George Kittle is going to be back for the Niners. Um, you know, it was a slop fest out there, but there's been a lot of concern about Trey Lance this entire offseason. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not fully in on the Niners. Yeah, absolutely. What do you have for the last? Write that down. Well, you snuck the Panthers in, so you knew I was going to do something about my Vikes. Monday Night Football this week, so you're going to have to wait a while for this one to cash. But I'm going to take the Vikings team total over 24 and a half. This I don't know. This seems like taking candy from a baby. They scored 23 against the Packers this week. They were kind of on cruise control for most of the second half of this game. Um, the Philadelphia defense got absolutely torched by the Lions. Yeah, you heard that right. The Lions. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift went nuts against them. I think Dalvin Cook's going to have a big game. Um, I- I'm I'm a little, you know, concerned about the on paper, um, Philadelphia's secondary should be good. However, they got torched by Amon Ross St. Brown. Justin Jefferson's light years better than Amon Ross St. Brown. I like them to get over 24 and a half. And if you're feeling frisky, maybe a parlay with Vikings. Right now it's at minus two and a half. I think by Monday night, that will not be the case. As we saw with the Packer game where um, that line started at two and a half Packers, ended at two and a half Vikings. Get it in now while you can maybe get some plus odds. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure what Vegas is doing here. Um, it, it feels like they're they're betting on this being the Vikings team of old. You know, two tight end sets, um, pound the rock. But we saw a massive increase week one in in, in their uh, eleven personnel sets. Um, also, very interestingly, you know, tangent point, but uh, did see it as a consistent three wide receivers in Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne. So, little uh, KJ Osborne Fantasy nugget, yeah, nugget there for you. Um, but it it doesn't seem like the Kevin O'Connell Vikings. It seems like a bet on the the uh, Mike Zimmer Vikings. Um, yeah, so I, sure. I also like the team over. I also like them to win outright um not sure what's going on there i don't like betting on the vikings makes me sick to my stomach but it does feel like free money well i mean especially if you're betting on Kirk cousins in prime time yeah (laughs) that's what vegas is thinking there you go (laughs) wait a minute Uh, Kirk cousins oh yeah drop it 10 points this is a different Kirk cousins you know koc kevin o'connell has preached he's going to quiet Kirk cousins mind he did that in week one. He was one of the best quarterbacks against pressure, which he's usually been terrible against pressure. Um, I mean, MVP, MVP. 
All right, let's let's uh, shut this uh, episode off before Logan uh, gets a little too far out there for all of us. <laughs> all right, we will see you next week where all of our flex plays cashed, all of our bets cashed. I mean, this is the reason why you guys came here. Yeah, we'll tell you when we're wrong, but we won't be, so there <laughs> you right, go. All right, see you, folks.